I don't understand. Many of us have probably used that phrase before. It's when somebody's actions, somebody's words that they're speaking to us, somebody's attitude that they have as they approach life, what we witness in them, whatever it is that they are doing or saying or thinking, that we are so dumbstruck by it that we don't know what else to say except, I don't understand. Uh, Maybe those of you who are parents have said that phrase when your children do something that doesn't in any way reflect the morals and the values that you have fought so hard to instill in them. The character that you, you have worked to create in them as maturing people. Maybe our kids might use that phrase when they see us as their parents and as adults, as those people who have already matured, do something that seems so foreign to them, to the character and the morals and the values that we've sought to instill in them. Maybe our kids would ask that question or say that phrase, I don't understand, when we as adults may have to say to them, do as I say, not as I do. I don't understand. Maybe you say that phrase in your place of work when a coworker pursues a problem and tries to solve it in a way that doesn't seem to really work. It seems to actually create more work and more problems for the rest of the team when they try to approach a solution that is not at all the way that you would approach it. And, and so you say, I, I just don't understand. Or maybe, maybe you just say it as you watch or read the news. And you see the activities and the behaviors of people out in the world. And you sit back and think, I just don't understand. It seems like that phrase was on the mind of Jesus' closest friends on the night on which he would later be betrayed, the night right before he would die on the cross. And they were to gather together to to celebrate this festival meal. And it was to be a joyful celebration. It was the commemoration And the memorialization of how God had rescued his people out of slavery, out of the hand of the Egyptians with might and miracle. How he had delivered them and continued to deliver them year after year after year. And so God's people, they they celebrated this event. They traveled to Jerusalem. They were coming off of the high of Palm Sunday. But now it seemed like Attitudes had changed, not just the attitudes of the people, but Jesus' attitude. I wonder if they had this this sense, this feeling that things were getting more serious, more somber. 
that something big was coming, that, that Jesus was feeling the pressure. There was that tone of, of sadness in his voice as he had begun his teaching at the beginning of the week and continued to teach throughout that week that, that something had changed. But yet there they were, gathered to, to celebrate that meal and the disciples had made every single preparation that was necessary so that they could celebrate together the food, the wine. It was on the table, ready to be eaten in the prescribed order. Every aspect, every plate, every cup in the right place. Every detail ordered and arranged. Everything right. And then it all got turned upside down. And backward. And Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Feet are a little gross now. Right? They can be stinky, dirty, they can have fungus gross. They were much more gross in the first century. People walked everywhere they went. They wore sandals, not shoes, open-toed. They shared the paths and the roads with animals, beasts of burden, horses, donkeys, oxen. Hygiene was not at a at a high level, as they walked through the city streets. And this job, washing people's feet, that, that was reserved for the, the lowest order of the servants that were around. Whoever was the furthest down on the totem pole, they were the ones who were going to wash somebody's feet. Which is why Peter didn't understand And he asked his question, he said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Peter emphasized just how strange and ludicrous this was. What are you doing, Jesus? Why? This doesn't make sense. This is the world turned upside down. The the powerful serving the powerless. The mighty serving the weak. A Lord serving his servants. The master serving his students. And it's all wrong and it's all backwards. And Jesus realized how dumbstruck Peter was. He replied, You do not realize now what I am doing. But later, you will understand. And Jesus tried to emphasize that Peter would get it. He didn't get it now, but he would get it later. But Peter insisted, no, you shall never wash my feet. No, never. Jesus, I will, I will never understand this. This is too big of a scandal, too much wrong, too much that is backward, too much that is upside down. Dear friends, do you ever say a similar thing to Jesus? Do you refuse to allow Jesus to be your Savior? 
because it's backwards? Because it's, it's too wrong? Or do we want to deny the truth that our majestic, holy, and righteous God, that he would stoop so low as to serve us? I think, Pastor, I don't do that. But when Jesus wants to relieve your anxious heart by reminding you that he is in control of all things and that he works all things for your good, do you refuse to let him? And when Jesus wants to dry the tears and he wants to heal the pain of the guilt that still plagues your heart because of your mistakes, do, do, we, do we hold on to that guilt instead? And when Jesus wants you to just be completely free because his promise of life is so secure, do you hold on to the the stress and the fear, that fear that you haven't done enough? I mean, isn't it really, and maybe ironically, pride that kept Peter from understanding and keeps us from understanding Jesus' actions? You know, Jesus said that Peter would understand and the rest of the disciples and we ourselves that we would understand, but when would they understand? Would they understand and realize all that Jesus had done for them? When they, would they understand when they saw Jesus not get up from a table but be hoisted up on a cross? Would they understand when it wasn't Jesus who took off his outer garments, but the soldiers who stripped Jesus of every piece of clothing he had. Would it be when he didn't pour out water into that bowl in front of them, but when he poured out his blood onto the dust of Calvary and to cover over their hearts? When he wouldn't wash away the dirt and grime from their feet, but he would wash away with that blood, he would wash away the sins of the entire world. Would they understand when it wasn't a towel that was wrapped around Jesus' waist, but that clean linen cloth that was wrapped around his body before it was placed in a tomb? Would they understand then what Jesus had done for them? Would they understand then the extent of Jesus' humility and love? Would they understand what Jesus said when he said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me? And do we understand? Do we understand that we need Jesus to wash us clean, clean from all of our guilt and wrong? We need Jesus to draw us to himself and make us his own. We need Jesus to say to us, you are clean. And you are. Because you've been washed clean in that blood of Jesus. 
He washes over your anxious heart with his control. He washes over your sorrowful heart with his eternal comfort. He washes over your guilty hearts with his forgiveness. He washes over your fearful hearts with the truth that he has done all that was needed, that it is finished. And he washes over our prideful hearts with that humility that he showed in the most amazing display of love. Now we might say, I don't understand, but Jesus understood all that was happening. Now John tells us that Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. When Jesus asked those disciples if they understood, he knew how backward, how upside down it all was. He said, you call me teacher, you call me Lord, and rightly so, that is right. I am your respected teacher. I am your Lord, but see how I serve you. See how I love you. It's backward, it's upside down, but that's how deep Jesus' love is for us. And that deep love was the very love that would continue to drive Jesus to the cross to forgive us and set us free. And it's on the basis of all of that, this, this upside-down, backwards work of Jesus, that Jesus then says to us and gives us his instructions, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. It's on the basis of all of that that Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. When we recognize and understand what Jesus has done for us, it frees us. It frees us to love. It gives us that complete freedom from guilt. It, 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 gives us the freedom to live the kind of lives that other people would look at and say, I, I just don't understand. And then, we have the opportunity to say, let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus.